0: back to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, throwing in a little sass there, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. I got to practice what I preach. I'm a recovering workaholic and rest is my detox. (laughs) So my team is pushing me to try to do more rest. I have really been invigorated since I got my new office and my podcasting equipment set up back full time. It's been so fun to be podcasting again and doing live episodes. But they're reminding me too that I'm overworking. So we are problem solving this. And in order to do that, we are doing a reboot showcase. All my work that I've done in the past, I might as well reuse it, right? Recycle, reduce, reuse. And so what we're going to do in this reboot showcase is take old podcast episodes that I've actually been on for other people and play them here on Dr. Me First. It makes me smile a little bit as I go back and listen to years ago when I was doing some of these podcasts. And I'm like, wow, I was really smart. I knew a whole lot of things. But I also see how I've changed and how things are different. (laughs) In the world of Aaron Wiseman, we call it, is it long-haired Aaron or short-haired Aaron? (laughs) Because you can definitely see a big change when the hair got lopped off during the pandemic. So listen to the episodes and then see if you can tell when I did that episode on the timeline of everything Aaron Wiseman. Long-haired Aaron, short-haired Aaron. Give me an email. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to take my own medicine, I'm going to rest a little bit, and I'm still going to pop up as episodes for you to listen to. So enjoy this reboot today, and as always, friend, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters, and the badass in me honors the freaking badass in you. Enjoy! Enjoy!
1: Today, we are celebrating episode 100. We are officially triple digits, and to celebrate with us is the amazing Dr. Erin Wiseman. She's a lot of things to a lot of people, and to me, she's really a role model and a true friend. And she's somebody that amplifies the voices of women, of physicians, and really of all people. So welcome.
0: Oh my gosh, Dina George. I did not even know you're going to give me that kind of introduction. Thank you so much. And I am so excited to be here at the podcasting party for episode 100. Before we got on the recording, I told her I was like, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal when you're a podcaster and you get to 100.
1: It feels terrific. And you have been such an inspiration without even knowing it. You <laughs> maybe knowing it, but probably not your enthusiasm, your voice consistent cheerleading that you do for, for me. And for so many of us, it's incredible. So I listen to your podcast. My favorite is the married to an alpha female. <laughs> I yes. love listening to you and your husband and, and how you talk to each other, how you journey, how you're journeying this life together and your family together. It's just so fun. So thank you for being here again and for your wisdom.
0: Well, yes. Thank you for inviting me. And as much as I'm an inspiration to you, you are an inspiration to me. Uh, I do tune into your podcast as well. You went on a little break for a while and I was like, where's my Dina George at? Like I'm out here walking. Where is she? So when you came back, you came back better. And I'm so glad that you're back in my ears again. Friend, how are we going to celebrate this hundredth episode?
1: So I have a whole bunch of questions to ask you so we can really tap into your brilliance.
0: Okay, let's do it. I don't know what I'm going to answer because you know how I am sometimes, but we'll we'll go for
1: it. I think your journey is amazing of how far and how much you grew your life. Whatever you'd like to share of your journey, I think that would be super helpful. And what I'm really curious about is what did you think the work would be? And what have you learned that the work really is?
0: Mm, Super good question. Okay. So part one, my journey I'm going to try to tell it short and sweet because you know I'm a talker and I can really pull it out for a long time. 2014, I found myself in the pit of burnout and then I found the basement to the pit. It was low, it was dark and twisty, and I felt utterly alone. But the light to the top of my hole, it was there and it was coaching and it was finding community And it was finding my voice again. And through that, I feel like I didn't just recover from burnout. I didn't just like get back to status quo. I came back bigger and stronger. And the force now that you see in the world, who is Aaron Wiseman. And then part two of your question about the work. So I have a propensity for burnout. Like obviously, if I was a young attending, getting out, who recognized that she was in like the very depths of burnout. Like, I think it's going to be a part of my personality forever and ever. Amen. But it doesn't have to define me. And so for me, coaching was just about like figuring out the answer. And like, when I went into coaching, it was about like just figuring it out and finding solutions and like getting to that point. And what I've realized is that there is no end. There is no like clean up all of our thought work and all of the thought tornadoes and that mind garbage that's hanging out. And then like, poof, we're good. I was just literally talking to one of my clients earlier today and he was like, I feel like the journey of coaching is like we're digging through my head and we're going to get it all cleaned out and then I'll be able to move forward. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be able to move forward. But there is always going to be dark corners. There's always going to be stories that pop up. And guess what? It's the same ones that we are working through now. It's just like we said, like newer levels, newer devils. Like it it just changes a little bit. And But what you are going to be able to do, what my journey has really showed me is that instead of taking a year, four years, 10 years to like figure it out, you take like a week or a month. Or sometimes my mantra to myself is when I'm having a pity party or really down in the dumps, I give myself 24 hours. And so maybe it's a day. And then you start thinking about like, okay, what's the next best step forward here? Maybe it's not the solution. Maybe it's not all fixed and perfect. But like, what's the next best step that I can take in this? Who do I need to talk to? Where do I need to get support? How else could I maybe look at this, that this is not like the worst thing ever in my life? So I would say it's been really utilizing my superpower as a totally energetic fixer of people and realizing that sometimes there just is no fixing. And that's okay. You're not doing anything wrong.
1: You used a couple of words to describe yourself. What are they?
0: Some of the ones that I use now is healer. In place of physician. I definitely have the word badass in there. Definitely. It is 100% in there. Sassy. Um, I would say like brilliance is in there. And and of the definition of like light. Like the brilliance of a light bulb. Rather than like the brilliance of your mind. Like being super smart. I would say friend. I think friend yeah. definitely goes in the few words that describe.
1: Yeah. You know, for, for sure. People that I know that know you would, would describe you that way too. And I, I think that's, it's such a treasure.
0: It's so essential. Like, I think we do a disservice to, our, to ourselves, particularly around modern culture. At least this was my experience of, it was like, you were supposed to get married or find a life partner. And then like that person was supposed to be it. When in reality, what I've realized is I need lots of different types of relationships in my life to feel full. I need those like those friends that just occasionally pop in and out for lunch and we just catch up and like then they're gone in the wind with their kids and life is happening I need those friend relationships that are like ride or die, like your 2 a.m. people who, when you call them, they ask, should I bring a shovel to bury the body? You know, those kind of people who are there for you. Um, And then and then you do. You need those like friendships that are kind of in the middle. Like you know that they're dependable, but yet maybe they're not always 100% present in your life. And I think that's the same what I've really learned is that, It's not so much about how much physical time that you're with people, because I think that's what COVID kind of showed us with relationships is like there was no like being in each other's presence or traveling to conferences together or going on trips. But I feel like what COVID really helped define for me, like Who, who really are my people? Who do I want to invest time and energy and effort into? Who's pouring that back to me? And just asking people. I mean, I think that's how we became friends is that we found each other in the internet and I was like, Hey, do you want to be my coach friend? You want to come on my podcast? (laughs) And like having that vulnerability factor to know that at any point somebody could say like, no, like you're not cool. I don't want to hang out with you. Cause really like, Life really is like kindergarten all over and over and over again, or maybe middle school. And and just reminding yourself, like like we said before, it never gets easier. It just sh- pivots and change. And so I think that's the thing in my life that is at the core is relationships and friendships and making sure people know 100% what I think about them, how much I love them, how much I want to pour into them and be in their presence. Super important to me.
1: What you share is really important, and it's the ability and the permission to be very discerning as as we all move forward through COVID into post-COVID time of how we spend our time, how we spend our energy, and what we're getting back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So many people were burned out pre-COVID that didn't want to admit it. And I think moving through COVID and coming to post-COVID times is like are you going to keep putting up with the bullshit are you done with that yet? Like, are you going to keep like putting in all the effort and getting back just pennies? And And that could be in the monetary sense, that could be in the value exchange sense, but just really looking at it and really trying to strip away the emotions and the stories that we hang on to the things that we're supposed to keep doing or that we should be And just really getting really real about it and asking yourself, do I choose this? So recently I was doing a group coaching call with a phenomenal group of amazing physicians and their homework assignment was three questions. First question was, what are the most important people and things in your life? Second question is, get out your schedule or your cell phone. Where are those important things in your calendar? And the third homework question was, before we meet in two weeks, those things have to show up in there in some way. Because so many times we say one thing, but we are doing another, and that leads to total misalignment in our lives.
1: Yeah, we're answering the shoulds and the have tos and the need tos, not the, what do I want?
0: And we wonder why life feels so shit. It was so funny to see their faces as I was telling them, this is your homework assignment, because they all knew Like, as soon as I said question number two, they were like, Oh, yeah, it's not (laughs) my kids aren't on my schedule. My husband's not on my schedule. It's like, listen, life is not about like shoving things around the edges. Those important things, they go in the middle, they go in first. And I have seen since doing this homework assignment with hundreds of thousands of people now, like just that one act, just by like changing your schedule and putting in boundaries and saying like, no, this is what is essential and important to me, that will blow your life apart and feel so phenomenal.
1: And it's fascinating because up until recently, I don't know that I've really heard anyone say that, much less encourage that, especially in medicine. It was never make sure you're eating, make sure you're resting. No. There are patients to see, there are notes to be done, there are charts to be signed. What are you doing?
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And like, where did that get all of us? You know, the sustainability factor is not there. And it's like, I think it's a Dr. Phil quote. It's like, how's that working for you? So you can't keep doing the same way. Oh, I've, I've had such a beef lately. I've been getting some emails. I don't know how I got on somebody's email list about being more productive. And I am like, F that we are productive. Holy, sh-. we are the epitome of productive. Like, don't, don't tell me like uh, how I need to streamline and color code my food planning BS stuff. And that's where I, you're right. I really push back against that because it's like, no, we are far more than productive. It's never about the notes. It's never about the time. It's never about the productivity. And I will argue that as the day is long.
1: Yeah, it's, it's about the expectations that we set of ourselves. Like high achievers, we set impossible standards and then we demand that we meet them. We don't sleep until we meet them. We give up weekends, holidays. We chart at night to meet them. Oh, it has to be done. I have to do it. And like, if you're planning your life that
0: things have to go 100% perfect at 100% A++ level, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and failure because hello when does that ever happen especially with patients especially with kids like they don't read the books they don't know the algorithms they're they're just surviving and so i think it's it's phenomenal how we like for instance so with my coaching i do 45 minute sessions and then i give myself a 15 minute break before i move on to the next meeting or the next call or whatever And someone was asking me about that. And they're like, well, don't you think like your clients are paying for the whole hour? And I said, they're not paying for any kind of time with me. They are paying for the experience of coaching. And that can happen in 30 seconds, or that can happen in 30 hours if you go to a retreat. I said, I don't think by me setting these boundaries, they are getting any less. Perhaps they're getting more. And perhaps I'm demonstrating like, hey, oh, it's okay to take a 15 minute break. Before your next one, because I think about my clinical schedule and it's like back to back, double book, triple booked, two fur in this room, you know, on and on and on. And I'm like, no wonder, no wonder, because there is no margin for our humanness in there.
1: Yeah. So I've found that I'm more productive when I do less. There's less on the schedule time to sit and, and think about it and being intentional and focused And it gets done.
0: I would 100% agree with that. So recently, again, I told you, like, I have a propensity for burnout. So the burnout coach was getting burned out again. And I was sitting back with my team member and my executive assistant. And I was like, all right, guys, we're not doing this. Because if I'm feeling like I want to quit, and this is the job that I absolutely love and the business that I built from my heart, like, we got to change some things. And my executive assistant, her name's Anna I call her the hand of the queen, by the way. So my hand of the queen was like, well, Erin, you know, you have business hours that we set up in your calendar. And I'm like, yeah, I know we have business hours. And she's like, what are those? And I was like, well, they're 10 to four Eastern time. She's like, yeah. So let's look at your calendar. Are you holding to your business hours? And I was like, damn it. I hate when the hand of the queen coaches me because she is always right on things. so true when we when we're trying to be like so overly productive i was telling my husband the other night in the hot tub it's it's not the question anymore like can i work 12 hours straight can i grind a 16 hour shift and do overnight call i can do that but do i want to should i choose to do that and like realizing like no like i'm most productive
2: between the hours
0: of 10 and 4 and like, so that is where my zone of genius needs to come from. It's no more proving like with some freaking badge of honor of suffering that we need to wear around. But instead, like you said, like what can be cut so that you can flourish
1: in other areas? Which leads nicely to the next question. A lot of people will ask, so how have you done what you've done? The question I would like to know is what have you had to let go To be able to do what you do.
0: Oh, my God. So many things. Okay. So mentally, what have I had to let go? I have really had to look at my pride, my ego factor when it comes to being a physician. And not of the fact of like, can I quit? Can I quit medicine altogether? Absolutely, I can quit medicine altogether. I just sign a resignation letter. I slap it down on my boss's desk, you know, and then I walk away from it. So what I really had to let go is the part between my ears of like, does me walking away from medicine mean any more or any less about myself? Does walking away from medicine um, change my identity of how I view myself? Not even as much as other people, but with me. And so that's been something that I've had to let go to realize that no matter where I go or what I do or who I serve, I will always essentially be Aaron. Nothing more, nothing less. You know, if I don't know, I got some crazy wild hair and became Ph.D. Aaron Wiseman or, you know, Master of Divinity Aaron Wiseman or whatever, Rabbi guru, Aaron Weisman, you know, like at the core, that doesn't change who I am. So why am I letting myself get so hung up on Dr. Weisman? And so that's been a big thing I've had to let go. Another thing I've had to let go um, and really work through is my tendency for perfectionism to like, if I do it perfect, then I'll be enough. Or if I do it perfect, then they won't figure out that I really don't know what I'm doing. Or if I can do absolutely everything perfect, get all the labs ordered, all the medication refills, answer all their questions, they're not going to contact my office and bother me until I see them in six months. That all is not true. It's just mind drama that we make up for ourselves. So it's, it's really asking myself the mantra we use as our family mantra. You heard it on the alpha female episode is like, is this a big deal? Like if this doesn't get done or if it's not up to this level, is this is this a big deal? And the other thing that I remind myself is that like my B minus work is some people's A plus work. So I don't I can't work even lower than a B minus. Like I need to be down in like the D plus range. And since I've been like lowering my expectation to like D plus, life feels so much easier. It feels better. And like, are people suffering and things not getting done? Hell no. The podcast is still great. We're putting out amazing little audiograms. We have phenomenal guests. But I'm telling you, I've been functioning at a D plus level. And what I've realized is like, oh, that's me. I've got to let go of of like what A plus is because really, like, that's my perception. That's not actual reality.
1: Isn't it fascinating how we want to grade ourselves? Mm Mm-hmm. Rather than choosing to say done or not done, done or yeah, not done. that's a, that's how I've been trying to think about it is done or not done, and that's it. There's no yeah. scale of better. <laughs> it's just done.
0: So in my burnt out to badass group this week, actually, um, we're doing a module on defining success. And so, do you remember those old school? Um, grade cards that we used to get on the cardstock and they came in the yellow envelope. You know what I'm talking about. And like it would have like the first nine weeks and the second. Yeah. And so I actually give them a report card like that and I make them say, okay, what did you used to grade yourself on and put all of those things down? And then the homework is, okay, in the future, what's going to be on your report card moving forward? And what can you use instead of grates? Maybe it's like little emoji faces or how many hearts you get or little stars. And it's been so fun to see the creativity that people come up with because it's all made up. Like our success really is all made up in medicine. So many times we think it's about like how good our CV looks or like how many times we've been published or how many accolades we get from patients and they say, oh, Dr. Wiseman is the best doctor ever. Like. It's all made up. That's why it doesn't even feel good after a few moments or the recognition is over with. So you've really got to tap into like, what is going to keep me sustained? What is going to move me forward and feel like a successful life? And that's where I really hit with people
1: on like, what's your core values?
0: And those are the things that we need to be quote unquote grading ourselves on.
1: And experiencing and seeing how it shows up on a daily basis, such as what shows up on the calendar.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Anything else that you've noticed you really had to give it up? Because you've mentioned identity is huge. The identity of our job title, of our degree, of the work that we've spent thousands of hours to do and shifting into a new identity.
0: And for me, what really helped pivot with that identity is renaming it. Like I mentioned when you asked me, like, what are those things that I describe myself as? Instead of saying doctor, saying healer, helper. Because actually, I'm still living in that every single day when I jump on a coaching call or when I'm lecturing about burnout and wellness, or even when I am, am just talking to someone and giving them motivation, like, I'm still helping and healing. Yeah. Does it look different? Do I carry a stethoscope? Have I gotten rid of all my white coats? Yep. It looks different, but I'm still essentially fulfilling the purpose for which I was put on the earth. And that was a question that I had to roll around for a good long time. It's like, what were you put on this earth to do? And once I could really like lean into that and go from the, I don't know, because actually everybody really does know. It's just letting yourself accept the answers that bubble up to the surface that I was really put on this earth to help and heal and motivate people. And, you know, I thought family medicine, that was the per that I thought that was how I was going to fulfill that purpose. And I'd been there, done that, got the trophy. And now I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's try something else. You know, a question that comes up a lot, and I don't know if you get it from your people too. again, literally talking to a client again this morning, her question was, you know, what happens if I make these changes and I get burned out and unhappy and like life is horribly wrong again? Do you get that? Or is it just me?
1: Yeah, that fear that nothing will change. And and many times it keeps us paralyzed in the same place because what if? So how do you respond?
0: Well, I tell her, let's go there. Let's not say what if. Let's say when it. When it happens. When you get burned out. When you get unhappy. When it's a horrible situation. What are you going to do? And I think flipping it that way and just saying like, let's let's just acknowledge that, yeah, it's probably going to. But that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. But what we will have is the, this experience that you're going through now. You're going to have the skills and the techniques to work through it mentally. You're going to have a network. You're going to have my freaking email address that you can drop me an email anytime that you need to, to reach out for help. So like, let's do it. Like, is, is the potential risk worth the benefit and like weighing that?
1: What do you find in the people that you work with that they most need to hear and they most need to believe it when they hear themselves saying it?
0: I think it's you are a badass.
1: Because so many
0: times like we, the people who come and work with me, they have done everything. They have bent over backwards and contorted themselves to like fit in the shape that they were supposed to be. And by doing that, they've tampered down that like inner badass that they are. And so just that reminder of like, no, like I see you, I hear you, and I hear her underneath all the layers, she's still there. And she's still ready to kick ass, take names, and be a light in the world. And it's not, and you're you're totally right. It's not only hearing that and like being permeated in that community, but then believing it. I wish I could walk my camera into my bathroom in here, my office bathroom. I literally have a post-it note that has been with me for years. And it says on it, this is what a successful woman looks like. I keep like the sticky doesn't even work anymore. I have to like tape it up and change the tape every so often. But it it is, it's really that reminder, no matter how I show up, if it's messy hair, don't care, or I actually put on makeup today or brawl or whatever, like it does not matter because this is what a successful woman looks like. You, Aaron Wiseman. Y- you, Dina George. This is what a successful woman looks like when she is in the middle of her zone of genius. When she is understanding who her authentic um, identity is.
1: When she's a badass. And it's amazing how, as high achievers, how we have learned to conform to whatever it is that somebody's asking us to do or be. To take the next step. Do or be this. Okay. Is this good enough? Or can I, I can do it more? And we mm-hmm. get to the point where we're exhausted and nothing fits.
0: Nothing fits. And you don't even know who you are anymore. At least that's where I found myself too. It's like I didn't, I didn't know. So one of my examples is I love fantasy fiction. You know this. I am not a bookworm. I am a book dragon. Like I love me. Some good YA, some good adult fantasy fiction. And when I was working with my coach and she asked me, like, what are things that you used still love to do? And I was like, I literally read hundreds of books a year. I remember I got an award in, I think, eighth grade for reading a hundred books during that school year. And she's like, well, when's the last time you read, a book? I read books all the time? Like, no, like, no, she is looking up some. No, she's like, when is the last time you read a fantasy fiction book? It had been decades because of medical training and like the perception of like, no, that's not what I have time for. I shouldn't waste my time. And so that was one of my first assignments when I was getting coached. And she was like, okay, your library card is expired because it is well over 20 years old. You're going to go get a new library card and you're going to start reading again. And what I did is I picked up just some books that I loved as a kid. Um, I don't know if you've read it two more years. Um, her first book was, um, Alana was the name of it. And it's about this little girl and her brother, her twin brother, and they switch places because she's supposed to go to this, um, nunnery and he's supposed to go be a knight. And she's like, oh, hell no, I want to be the knight. And so she becomes like, she hides her identity as a girl and becomes, becomes a knight in this fictional kingdom. And I remember even as a little girl, like being like, that is amazing. And and she really helped form like the badass who I was. So as an adult, rereading these fictional novels, it just lit something up in my soul again. And I think that's so important that we all have something that maybe it makes us weird or quirky or the world doesn't agree with that, but it's important to you. So it's important.
1: You mentioned a lot of things about what has helped you become who you are, which is reaching within honoring yourself, re-identifying yourself, looking for what works, what fits, what inspires you, and sharing that with others, giving yourself lots of permission to figure it out and lots of acceptance. For those who are listening, what's a micro step that they might take to reach more of what you've created for your life to create that in their own life?
0: One teeny tiny, like, maybe millimeter size step that I think anybody who listens today can put into practical terms and actually do is to literally get a post-it note. I'm a post-it note woman and say, I have permission and then write whatever comes behind that. I have permission, whatever, whatever comes to mind. I can remember when I first started giving myself permission to do things which was like, one of them was like to start dropping F bombs, which I'm so glad I gave myself permission to do that. Another one was to buy like fancy, nice underwear because I was so stuck in like, no, we need to be economical and like the, the like cotton, you know, economy brand is fine, but like giving myself permission to spend like a good, good amount of money on some like nice, great feeling. I love them under it, which I'm wearing right now, by the way, is, was huge for me to just like claim it to be like, it is absolutely okay to want things and to desire things. And I have a hundred percent permission to do that. So I don't know what it is for the listeners. Maybe it's to like cut their hair or to like get fancy sushi tonight for dinner or, or whatever but i i really think just purposely
1: saying like no like i have permission got to let go of some of the rules that just hold us hostage mhm so another way that i would describe you is fun the kit that you put together for your course can you tell can you tell the listeners what's in it cuz it is fun
0: it is fun so yeah i I've been thinking about it for a while. And actually, it's the combination of five years of coaching work is I just couldn't come up with a course like willy nilly right away and like write it. And so Burnt Out to Badass is is that work of five years of working with hundreds of physicians and other working moms with the issues that seem to be most pressing and what I thought was most important to help people move along in their journey, not just get better and then fall off the wagon. But the lessons that we actually all need to concentrate on. So it's not not just kind of slightly changing our trajectory, but really going in a whole new direction. And so the fun with that is it's super colorful. There's a fun, sassy journal that goes along with it that... I don't grade. I don't even care if you open it up or do it, but just to know that it's a 100% available to you. And with that, what I found is that It's not just the the actual kit and course that's so fun, but it's the group that comes along with it, which that was a huge surprise for me, is that people, they were like, yeah, the course is nice. And oh, I went to the AFP and got CME credits for it too. So I mean, that's a nice bonus as well. But on top of it is that we meet every single Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and it's consistent. And once you're in the Burnt Out to Badass group it's lifetime membership like as long as i run this thing even once you get through the cohort of the 13 weeks like if you want to come back in i'm like come back in anytime you can you know the link it doesn't change you know the time it doesn't change now occasionally like we took easter sunday off and you know like occasional sundays off but just the community of being like It's kind of like the old guys who used to go to McDonald's and drink coffee every morning at 7 a.m. It's like that. You know somebody's going to be there. You know that you show up and you're going to have great conversation, no matter what topic we're riffing on that week. That's when the most fun part about it is just the community that has built up through it.
1: So anything else that you'd like to say, please do, and please share where people can find out about you.
0: Absolutely. I think always and forever, I just want everyone to know you are not alone. That was the worst, most devastating place that I was when I was laying figuratively on the basement of burnout was I just felt so utterly alone. And so I want anyone to know who's in that place that you're not. And that if you need a big old bear hug and a little bit of a smack on the ass, you just come over and find me. And so places that I love to hang out, I really love LinkedIn, not gonna lie. I love getting sassy with some professionals on there. So find me at Aaron Wiseman DO on LinkedIn. And then I love Instagram as well. I love looking at people's pictures. I love um I love the quickness of it and how that you can curate your feed to be super positive. Like I just I love it. It's a great place, and hopefully you can pick up that energy. There's other places that I hang out, but those are the two places that if you really want to get Aaron Wiseman, I'm going to be in those two spots. And then if you're listening to this podcast, I would so invite you to come over to Dr. Me first, and then my new podcast is called Burnt Out to Badass. And it's not just for physicians anymore. We are opening up to all women in STEM. Because guess what? As doctors, we are not magic unicorns. We do not suffer and burnout. out just in our own silly special ways. This is a global issue. And I really feel called that there's there's something so important when we get outside of our own spheres, and we start talking to women and individuals in other spaces as well. One, because then we aren't alone and we're building community. But two, some great things that have happened is like, there's been so much sharing. And like, for instance, I have a few people who are engineers and and they talk about, well, this is how we're kind of handling stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, that has a total application over here in medicine. Why are we not doing this type of thing? And so I'm really excited to be opening up and I think going into a space that there's not a lot of sass in right now in women of, of STEM. And so I'm bringing it.
1: So wonderful to spend this time with you. Thank you for the infusion of energy as we start triple digits.
0: That's right. We're gonna, you're going to carry it through. And anytime you need an IV push, you just let me know. Happy 100th episode.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Erin. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a Story Brand Certified Guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.
0: Hey there, I got some really important stuff to share with you. Besides developing Dr. Me First over the last, I don't know, I think it's like seven or eight years now, and Burnt Out to Badass, which is a little bit newer, it's been going on for about three to four years. I've actually been developing another business kind of on the side, and a lot of you folks are surprised when you hear about it. It's called Physician Coaching Alliance, and it does a lot of amazing things. First of all, if you're a chief wellness officer or you want to see more wellness in your organization, hospital, medical group, residency program, etc., Physician Coaching Alliance is your answer we do consulting and coaching within organizations to bring better wellness into the healthcare space. So you need to go over to the website, physiciancoachingalliance.com, drop me an email with the organization, who I contact, who I talk to, and we can come in and help your institution. The other part of Physician Coaching Alliance is for those who are looking for a personal coach. Of course, I would love to be your coach, but I also know that I'm not everybody's Well, taste and spicy sauce, let's put it that way. So there we have a menu of over 70 coaches who specialize in so many different things, who come from different parts of medicine. Some people are in medicine, some people are out of medicine, some people are hybrid. It's just an amazing group of an eclectic, Amount of skills and personalities, I'm sure you can find your next coach there. So, again, same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. And lastly, if you are a coach and you're tired of going in alone, maybe you're in a slump, maybe you just want to be around other physician coaches who are willing to give and are over the hustle culture and not about competing with each other, but knowing that how we heal healthcare is better together then also Physician Coaching Alliance is the place for you. PCA fulfills so many of these needs and more. It's all on the same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. You can hang out with us on LinkedIn and on Instagram by the exact same name, physiciancoachingalliance.com. Yep, I've been busy. Running multiple companies, practicing medicine, taking care of alpacas. But you know what? It is my heart and joy to do this. And I hope that PCA can become a part of your story too.